Neat Stuff Podcast, episode 26. Welcome to the Neat Stuff Podcast. My name is Devin. And this is Tyson. We're back for another week of neat things. But before we get started, what have you been up to this week, Tyson? Well, uh, one, I've started a Trek rewatch. Uh, We started at the unaired pilot. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and are moving our way forward. So we're up to, we just finished uh, Naked Time. Oh, nice. Yes. Yeah, I think I, I tried the same thing. I got to like maybe season two. Um, I think it's Cat's Paw, and I was just like, oh, I can't watch this anymore. Aww. So I'll probably pick it back up because I know it's worth it once you get over sort of the beginning little rough bits. It gets really, really good. There's some really cheesy episodes, and then um, and then you get in, then you can get into like Next Generation and some of the more cla- yeah. classic sci-fi. Though I've realized that Dr. McCoy, he's a dirty old man. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's oh, like yes. we go to the we go to the planet where dreams become reality, and what does he dream up? Two bunny girls to have some fun with off camera, and you're like, "Oh, he just got laid, didn't he?" <laughs> yeah, uh, actually, uh, you might want to check out uh, Will Wheaton's Memories of the Future podcast. It's basically him reading from uh, his book, Memories of the Future. It's kind of his after rewatching some of the original or some of the next generation episodes that he was in. And yeah, some of them were really funny. So, uh, especially with the, uh, the planet where everyone plays at love and, you know, you get put to death if you stomp flowers at the wrong time. Yeah. So, that, yeah. That was kind of a weird episode, but yeah, whatever. But yeah. But other than that, I uh, went to a Shervona show, which was very cool. They're a Russian, kind of folk punk band a lot of fun um it was mostly to kind of it was their julian new year actually yesterday so it wasn't the gregorian new year like we normally know it but no the julian calendar had its new it it rolled over to 2013 yesterday so that was fun um yeah Got to listen to some stuff, but yeah, uh, got to saw, uh, got to see a, um, a balaclava or, uh, balaika, 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 which is this triangular guitar type sort of thing, except this is a bass balaika. So it was an equilateral triangle that each side was about four feet Oh my gosh. So, like, if you look up the Flying Bialyka Brothers, you'll see it on their videos. It is this ginormous Bialyka. And it, if you can't spell it, don't worry. Just get it as close as you can. Google will, will autocorrect. Good to <laughs> but, know. Yeah, but no, it was a lot of fun. Cool. Well, I um, have been playing around with my brand new laptop. Ooh. Ooh. Um, I finally decided that I should stop using the the works laptop if I wanted to do programming and and play League of Legends and that kind of stuff <laughs> on it. 
So I went out and I bought a $400 AMD laptop. Um, this is a little Lenovo unit, um, very lightweight, very inexpensive. It uses the AMD A6 processor, which, you know, I live out in Intel country, so everyone's like, you must buy a Core i5 or Core i3 and spend <laughs> $700 on your, on your laptop. And I'm like, you know what? I am just going to buy a $400 laptop. And hey, I can, you know, play League of Legends on medium settings. I can watch Netflix. I can load up all my you know, all my stuff, all my work things. And I've actually really enjoyed this laptop. It has a very tiny battery in the battery life's and eh, whatever. It's, it's nothing like, oh my gosh, this is the most amazing laptop ever, but it does everything I need it to do. And it wasn't that expensive. So I'm like, I've, I think I have netbooks. I've seen netbooks that are more expensive than this. And those have those really annoying atom processors that, that you can't do anything with. This is a full-fledged processor with a full-fledged instruction set and everything. And, you know, I think it's really worth it. So if you're looking for a really inexpensive laptop, you know, give AMD some love. They're the underdogs. And, you know, we want I kind of want to keep them around because <laughs> if not, we have to stick with Intel. And those are dark days. Well, Intel always works best when they have someone to work against. Yeah. It's competition makes things all so much better. Oh, it so. does. Yep. Our first neat thing is a curriculum that's out there to help teach people how to program and sort of the, the computing fundamentals. It's called NAND to Tetris. And this is something that starts with the basic, 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 most basic building block of computers, the NAND gate. A NAND gate is the basic building structure of all computers. And it's a digital logic gate, meaning that if you feed it inputs, you get one output out of it. So it allows you to, to do some basic um, decision making that computers do. Now, what's interesting about a NAND gate is that it's um, is that when, that it will only return, it'll only send out a true unless both inputs are true, and then it will return a false. It's it's kind of an interesting weird thing that if you're not really sure what's going on, go to the Nantetetris website and it really kind of explains what this fundamental building block is. And what makes this so amazing is that you can use it. You build a couple of them together, you you hook them all up in a certain array and you, you set it up a certain way and you can start doing math. You can start doing and and or gates and all the other things that you need in order to have a computer. Because a computer is just millions and millions of transistors. This is one transistor essentially. So when you look at an Intel or AMD processor, they have millions of these lined up in a certain way to be able to do certain bits of math. And you know, and it's really interesting. And this curriculum starts you at the NAND gate, brings you to assembly, brings you to other structures, brings you to a compiler, brings you to a BIOS. I mean, it walks you through from the very lowest level all the way up to where you have a computer that you're able to play Tetris on. And if you've got that, you could do anything. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it sounds interesting. I've, t I've taken some courses, you know, that work you down from basic concepts and logic and whatnot. And surprisingly enough, just the 
logic of the gates of the and the ors the nands and whatnot has really improved not just my programming you know and just kind of way i think about logic in there but also in life and way i compare and contrast options in front of me so yeah it's a very cool skill to have and very interesting i'm definitely going to be taking a look at that um one of the things i've been using recently to learn how to program um i've had to develop we had a problem with one of our web servers we couldn't actually change the timeout of the session storage but it was dumping all the session uh information every 14 minutes and if you have a very long web form well if it takes more than 14 minutes to fill out you submit it and suddenly your session breaks and everything kind of goes wrong so yeah i when i worked for a bank we had a logging tool or we had a we had an editing tool that was web-based and when you click, you know, you had to do a search through all the financial data to try and find something to do something with it. You would click search and you prayed that it would load in the time it took before the timeout came out. So you'd hit <laughs> it and you hope and you just keep checking it every couple minutes and then it's like you get it and you're like, okay, click, 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 done. And it was just, <laughs> and you're just, whoo, I got it this time. If not, you got click, 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 click. Up oh, session timeout. Oh, dang it. Oh, so sad. Well, no, I actually uh, was able to solve the problem. I was uh, using the site Code Academy. I've learned the basics of Java and jQuery enough that I could create a little JavaScript that will, every 10 minutes, query uh, a page that I set up on the server that would return the current logged in account name. And what that did was it it would reset that 14-minute counter every 10 minutes to do that. And it was it was fun. It took me about a day and a half to be able to get up to the point where I could, you know, do that. And I'm pretty good at programming. But JavaScript, it does things in an interesting way. And I'll just leave it at that. Um, I There's a wonderful function that allows you to query another website and it gives you back the results. Except it doesn't actually give you back the results it lets you declare a function that it's going to give the results to. You can't actually get them. It's very strange, but yes. Um, but no, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, like I said, about a day or so of just tooling around on the site. And it's set up like Khan Academy, if you're familiar with that for math and their practice and their examples and whatnot. And it's JavaScript, Python, Ruby, HTML. I mean, pretty much all of your standard web languages. And it's got a really nice uh, testing interface where they'll give you a bit of code, tell you what you need to modify or what your code should do. You hit run and it actually evaluates your code, make sure it's doing what it's asking for. So yeah, I definitely check it out. It's got a little bit of gamification, some nice forums, but yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, I, I'm definitely, I definitely need to check something out like that because I, I want to get into uh, more programming but because I've I've been kind of living in the script world where it's you know PowerShell and well, I do need a script batch, from you, but yeah, yeah, and and Windows scripting host, which is a lot of fun. But there's it's really limited on what it can actually do. It's great for IT people, but if you want to do pretty much anything else, you got to go out and learn an actual programming language. Yep. And one of those languages that you can learn is Robot C for Arduino. Now this is actually something that you can actually use for actual products and actual systems. Because if you don't know what Arduino is, this is an open source 
processor that's a RISC-based processor. So it's reduced instruction set computing. This means it's it costs only a few dollars to get to build one of these chips. So they're super cheap. I mean, incredibly cheap. And most of the cost of the board, which you can get a Arduino Uno, the revision three for about 30 bucks from SparkFun, is it's all the it's a PCB, it's the power control, it's all the input output pins. But with this, I mean, you basically have this completely embedded system that you're able to do very basic things and do some basic logic in and use it to control relays and LEDs and all these other things. But you can use it as a central brain to do, you know, your programming with and make it do things like home automation, RC controls, remote, um, you know, remote robots. You can do it. You can have it do all sorts of things because you get quite a few inputs and outputs. And with that same language, you can expand it out to better or more expensive chips that have more input output and allow you to do more things. So one of the problems with the Arduino platform is that it comes with some very basic software that's really designed for people who are who are already know kind of know a bit of programming and they just sort of sort of write the code put it in and just observe the robot to make sure that it's working there's not a whole lot of debugging help there's not you know menus or other things so the people at robotc.net who does the lego mindstorms program environment for the first tech challenge that I use with the high school students, they released a version of their IDE that works with Arduino. And what's nice is that it gives you a very simple sensor and motor setup, or using its sensor and motor setup that you see in LEGO Mindstorms, you can control LEDs, you can put in sensors, you can put in uh, relays, you can do all these different things that you can then use to, you know, get control and send out. You can hook in like, you know, Bluetooth or wireless antennas and you can have that that those inputs control your system. Um, it's still kind of in early days, but it, the biggest thing is that it has a single step debugger that it will step through your program and it makes debugging so much easier when you're able to look at all the variables as you're working through it. And there's been some interesting things coming out of the Arduino project on places like Kickstarter and Indiegogo. I actually just found uh, an Arduino based kilowatt system that basically monitors the power usage through an outlet. And it will actually, with Bluetooth, send uh, data to uh, a smartphone within, within range. And it, can report, it will basically store the usage data. And when you ask it, it will output the, you know, through Bluetooth the usage data to like a smartphone or a laptop and whatnot. And you can actually kind of go through and see if you're, if you're, how efficient your various um, household appliances are and maybe places that you could increase their efficiency, save yourself some money. So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff coming out of the Arduino. I know that there's some... Uh, quadcopters that are completely Arduino run. Um, I think that that robot uh, submersible that we talked about a while back wasn't it Arduino or is it uh, not Arduino yet? I don't. Yeah, I think that they were uh, their next revision. They were thinking about doing that for another revision. But yeah, I mean, it is. There's a lot of opportunity for Arduino out there, and definitely want to check it out. And one of the cool things that you can do with Arduino is run little mini web servers little Apache servers. And if you want to uh, 
you know, start learning how to program for Apache web servers and, you, you know, with PHP and MySQL and whatnot, there's a great little tool called XAMP that's, uh, prov that's uh, provided by uh, ApacheFriends.org. And basically it is a standalone Apache server. It's a little zip file. Well, it's a pretty big zip file, but you can download it, put it on your computer or on a thumb drive, and then, you know, t turn on the Apache server. It boots a web server that runs MySQL and Perl, and then, uh, sorry, it runs PHP and Perl, and then you can run a, PHP, a MySQL server on there, as well as a couple of other options if you want to run like an FTP server or whatnot. But in just a few minutes, you can set it up, and you can start web programming, start testing stuff out. It's fully functional. Uh, Pretty much your entire development environment can then just be FTP'd up to your actual live site, or if you get an Arduino web server, FTP'd right into your Arduino server. But yeah, it's totally free. There's lots of good documentation for it, and I'd definitely check it out. And if you are going to do it, do work for it, I would suggest using Eclipse. Uh, Eclipse is an IDE originally designed for Java, but it's got a very nice plugin architecture, so you can go in and find PHP plugins and C++ plugins and whatnot. Eclipse is also open source. It does run on Java, so you will need to have Java installed, and I know some people are like, little security conscious about Java, they should be. So, you know, if you are going to have to install Java, definitely disable it from your browser. But, um, no, totally. Just install Java, install Eclipse, download the plugins for, uh, within uh, Eclipse, you can download new packages, just download the package for PHP, and go to town. And it is really nice, very good. You want one of the, um, you want the classic style, of the latest version, not the new fancy style. It's not, they changed to a new rendering engine, so it's not as snappy as it should be. But yeah, definitely check it out and really great entry into the world of web programming. So if you don't want to be limited to just web programming and you want to get into this whole application programming for things like the Windows operating system, which, you know, even though Windows 8 kind of has sort of a, a very lukewarm launch it's still the most popular operating system out there for desktop systems and business and all those other things you can actually start writing your own programs for windows and you to do this you use the visual studio express 2012 packages and there's a bunch of different versions there's a version for windows 8 there's a version for web there's a version for windows desktop but what's nice is that these are the lightweight versions of their full-blown Visual Studio uh, programming environments. So instead of paying hundreds of dollars for a full-blown programming environment, you can get the lightweight version and you can start tinkering around with doing things for Visual Basic, C Sharp, C++, and you can actually start writing Windows programs with, you know, Windows dialog interfaces and all this other stuff. And, you know, it's great for students or hobbyists who really want to learn how to write Windows programs. And you can, and, and the programs work. Um, I wrote a little program that uh, that is sort of you use on top of Handbrake to make Handbrake a lot easier to use because one of the problems with Handbrake, which is a video encoding software, is that the interface isn't that friendly. And 
it doesn't really remember your past settings all that well and it's kind of weird so and it, and it doesn't like search through a folder and get all of the files that all the avi files and convert them into an mpeg4 so i sat down with visual studio express i loaded up into the visual basic because that's the easiest one to learn and i created a single you know a single screen windows app that you put some data into it and then you hit go and it'll go out and search for um for it'll go out and search for video files and launch the command line uh encoder for for handbrake and convert all of your audio files to h.264 mpeg4 videos and allow you to control the you know the quality level a little bit and then it makes all your videos just ready to go to send up to vimeo or youtube or that other or even just a mail put onto a dvd and send to somebody so you can take your so when you start doing a lot of video work and you're like man i really want an easy way to get stuff sent up to to vimeo you can either find my uh handbrake interface well, i'll put a link in the show notes for it or you can just write your own and you know all you need is just a Microsoft account. I mean, it's a Hotmail or an Outlook or a, or a Live.com account. And, you know, pretty much everybody has one of those. And to get it, you just go and sign up. Ooh. Ah, cool. Well, I will definitely have to check that out. There's been some Metro type stuff that I was been bouncing around in my head that I'd love to give it a try. Yeah, I really want to write a RSS reader for Metro that's actually decent because everything in the App Store right now is just terrible and it doesn't work because it's it's everybody's like this is my first app i'm gonna be awesome you're like gosh darn it really no i i definitely would like to get in on that with you then so well uh, offline i'll definitely have to i'll have to send you some uh i've actually been kind of tooling around with an rss reader so i'll have to send you my uh my mock-ups that i've been fiddling around with Ooh, yes but, oh, uh, as a note with the XAMPP and uh, Eclipse, just recently a friend of mine uh, runs a LARP uh, beyond the ether. I think I've mentioned it here before. And he was looking for a way to handle blind transfers of goods without people knowing, you know, from like one storage space to another without people, well, one virtual storage space to another virtual storage space without people knowing, the, the either the transactants knowing what was in the, you know, the source storage space or the final storage space. So you couldn't, originally they had an Excel spreadsheet and you'd tell them where you'd want, you'd want, you want to move and where you want to move it to. And then they'd say, all right, now turn around and don't look at the spreadsheet. And then they'd make the change. But I've created a system that runs off of exam on a thumb drive. That's got a little PHP and MySQL server going on in there. And it just takes it and goes. Yeah. And I'm, that's that's the great thing about programming is that is that it will enrich your life because you know computers can do things way faster than we can and they love manipulating data that's i think if a computer was a person that's what they would love to do all day it's like oh i'll just nom 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 just manipulate this data so that's our dive into numerous development platforms i hope that our talking here has kind of inspired you to go out and write that great piece of software that no one has thought of or no one has created yet. Um, and we really hope that you find some, you know, that you get out there and do some coding because programmers are super cool because they make the world <laughs> go round. They do. And 
you know, it's a bunch of fun stuff. So yeah, it's amazing when you can make text turn into awesomeness on your screen. It really is. So if you have an amazing project that you're in the middle of that you think everybody and their pet dog needs to know about because it will revolutionize the way that people live or is really entertaining, wrap that up into an email and send that to neatstuffpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And if you've missed any of our past episodes, you can run over to neatstuffpodcast.com and view the RSS feed and see all of our past episodes. The links to subscribe are on the page, and you can even find us on iTunes at Neat Stuff Podcast. So for the Neat Stuff crew, my name is Devin. And this is Tyson. Have a wonderful week, guys, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. The Neat Stuff Podcast is brought to you by Data Beasts Incorporated. Feed us any kind of data and we'll go nom 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 and return beautiful infographics and in-depth statistical analyses. No collection is too vast or disjointed for our bit beasts. Use offer code zip zip zoo for a free 30 gig trial. The unmatched brace. I have no idea what that means, but okay. Well, when you don't have a, you it's have like an open brace, child. but oh. it's like up open brace and don't have a closed brace. Yeah, uh, they're all brackets. To, they're all brackets to me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right.